Hello and welcome to Q&A Coast episode 112. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always... David McBurney, fanboy master, the victim of this April Fool. <laughs> and from Japan, Michael Baker, Gaijin Minogatari, who has actually managed to perpetrate two April Fool's jokes in the last 48 hours. Ooh. Yeah, sort of. You get to do these internationally. <laughs> oh, Gunbuster! Sorry, I'm looking at the screen now. Oh, Gunbuster went away. Sorry, I pressed start. Why did you do that? <laughs> I was admiring Gunbuster. All right, let's hear of the April Fool's tomfoolery. I, I mean, I was the only person to actually post anything silly on the website today. Oh. I'm just staring at jealous in jealousy of Wheels' copy of Super Robot Wars T. Mm. Ah, cool. Yeah, and for the other, I mean, you you guys remember when I was jokingly saying I was going to write an in-character review of the Darkest Dungeon from the point of view of a reviewer. Yeah, slowly, I saw that. Slowly insane. sitting on the front page. Oh my god, yeah. you actually did it! Oh, I actually did it. I need to read that. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any comments yet? Just Budai. Nice. Oh, and some comments on um, on Slack from Nick's going ha ha ha. <laughs> okay, I have to stop looking at this. I promise I will stop. <laughs> <laughs> and for the other one... Um, and say I, I'm a frequent correspondent with a guy who does a Pathfinder um, video blog on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so every Monday he tries to have a different Pathfinder race feature um, just to talk about for about 10 minutes. So officially, if you look at his playlist for the day and everything, it's supposed to be a uh, tiefling variant. Except about 20 seconds into the video, he has my name pop up, and he says, well, actually, this guy uh, requested ponies from Pony Finder. Wow. So he does like an eight-minute um, overview of how to play a pony. Important. <laughs> yes. There's no other way to – like, the people will never learn if you don't. Yep. It was just going going from basically the son of Pinhead from Hellraiser to My Little Pony. So that, that seems like a solid thematic link. Yep. I'm less enthused by Double Zeta than I was by Mike Gunn, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so you guys actually do anything for April Fools? No, no. I Mostly kinda, just sort of kept track of what nonsense happened. I kind of forgot. I think, my, <laughs> I think my favorite was Platinum's, where they made like a fake announcement trailer for like a Vanquish style game starring their CEO for some reason. Hmm. <laughs> uh, well, my, but, mm-hmm. my favorite is the uh, fake Nintendo Direct that IGN put together. Oh, that was a nightmare. With quite impressive uh, production values. Well, did you see the one where um, Fire Emblem Heroes put up a video of a new character? It was an owl named Fe. 
and it was insanely ridiculously overpowered. I did not see that. That sounds hilarious. I, I posted it to the main Slack, so you can scroll back a bit and see it. I'll take a look. Reading Rainbow. Yeah. Any other good ones? Um, other ones I saw just for video games. Um, there was there's apparently this this smartphone game called uh, Venus Eleven Vivid. It's basically a cute girls playing soccer kind of game, as far mm-hmm. as I know. And they put up a parody where it was basically, I mean, not basically, it was literally the start of Disgaea. With the characters' faces and hair colors changed a bit. And it was like something, 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 Makai Vivigaya. It was supposed to be like a soccer RPG. (laughs) I mean, Inazuma 11 could use the competition. Yeah, yeah. Actually, do we really have enough space in the market for two soccer-based RPGs? Mm, Probably not, but I would still like to see them battle to the death. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can't believe Wheels is about to go for expert mode because he is cool. Um, Seiko Watch is actually uh, Seiko Watch has actually put out a uh, tongue-in-cheek ad where it was actually um, uh, Did we lose him? Okay, I thought I had been lost. No. <laughs> My no. I've actually turned off the stream because I will be too distracted by the robots. I'm sorry. I've let you all down. Some robots are cool. Well, maybe we can quickly talk about Baldur's Gate while he's away. Uh, I'm back. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's back. That's weird. So what part did I cut out on? You cut out on Seiko watches, like right as you were introducing that. Dang it! Uh, okay, let's try this again. So Seiko had a put out a commercial where they were introducing a new high-end watch that was basically a rice cracker. <laughs> and it was, it was presented as um, these rice rice crackers being like individually toasted and. Bay and um, just brushed with the special sauce, and then the little pieces of nori seaweed cut into Roman numerals being placed in a dial. Am I still here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just, please. I'm just processing that mentally. <laughs> please just laugh or something, so I know why I'm not actually just talking to myself. I apologize. My brain is many places at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good silly one. Yeah. Uh, there was also the traditional. Wait, that's not an April Fool's joke this year. Which was which one? Uh, that the one of the the company that sprang up to try to revive Irem's game division has apparently acquired the R-Type license and is making R-Type Final Two. Okay, not quite not quite as good as the Square Enix merger, but pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's more one of those things where it's like, huh. Wanders never cease. Yeah, that one being read, I had forgotten that that was announced on April 1st of like 03, and it was just like, 
No one knew how to process that for a minute there. Yes. I do remember that announcement. I do remember RP Gamer going, okay, dudes, um, seriously, um, this, this is actual news. This is not an April Fool's joke. Please believe us. Um, and then, actually, I think all the sites had to do a, like a second update the next day just to say, yes, it was true. We swear this was not a joke that we made up yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was it was a crazy idea at the time. Mm-hmm. And it, like the non-JRPG stature on consoles has risen enough that it doesn't sound as crazy now, but it's weird to think about that, actually. Also weird to think that that was 16 years ago today. Huh. Yep. Which would mean that there is as much time between then and the release of Final Fantasy 1. <laughs> oh, well, I, I was technically alive for both, so, okay, sure. Time keeps on slipping into the future. Time you're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older, and now you're even older, and now you're even older. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Oh, it's not my favorite song that never ends, but it'll do. Um, this is a song that never No, that was sorry. not an invitation, Wheels. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, any anyone want to bring up other things that have happened in the past two weeks? It's been a quiet two weeks. <laughs> um, see, the Japanese government finally announced the new Rain name for... Oh, the Reiwa Yep, yeah, so, Reiwa. So... So That's now kind of all the calendar makers know what to put on the new editions that they're going to be selling next month. That's always an interesting thing that, like, that that sort of idea can't really exist in some place like the U.S. where it's just like, you know, we just we know whatever you <laughs> we only we only change that distinction every you know epoch. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, just odds and ends and. Also, seriously considering getting on Twitter finally. Oh, what? don't, don't. You <laughs> Just because I need, I need to find ways of pro- of promoting writing and stuff, and that's fair. And it's like, unfortunately, it's kind of intertwined with most of the social media aspects at this point. Well, aren't all the yeah. young hip kids using Instagram now? I don't really know how you do that to promote writing. It's kind of picture based. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's that, and no smartphone. But I mean, it's it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, Twitter or Twitter or Reddit, and I'm like, I'm not sure which rabbit hole I want to jump into first. Yeah, both of those are that's that's a real like that's can't really recommend either. But I mean, yeah, I know more people on Twitter. Fair, fair. So. Mm. Okay, so we want to get down. We got a lot of questions. We do. Mm-hmm. We do many of them from Budai. Thank you, Budai. Are any of them about Borderlands Three? Um, not that Should I can check see. Check the more recent ones. No, 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 nope. Ah. Uh-uh. <laughs> Damn you all. That's fine. I don't want to talk about Borderlands. But I'm going to be honest. I waited over an hour to see it revealed, and it was great. <laughs> I need some... you to understand, Wheels. There were magic I tricks. Despise it. <laughs> there were magic tricks and card games. and 
And yeah. Randy Pitchford and everyone wanting him to leave the stage. And failed 4K video on laptops. It was great. I still don't know how, like, were they, did they announce another collection or did they announce a patch to the previous collection? Uh, so they announced a remaster of Borderlands 1, which has not existed before. Uh, well, I should say they sort of announced it. But it wasn't immediate. It wasn't immediately clear because the video for it never played. <laughs> and yes, there was. The, they're they're patching the the handsome collection with two and the pre sequel with four K textures and some other. That's nice what updates. the problem was with the art in Borderlands that it wasn't high resolution enough. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, I've got a lot of mean things to say about Borderlands, and we'll get over we'll go over them when that game releases. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'll <laughs> ignore them and play it endlessly. So we'll say uh, so many mean things. But I mean, the original game definitely needed a remaster. But um, uh, those games those games were like on Unreal Engine Unreal Engine three, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, they were UE three. I just hope when did when did Unreal Four start going into games? It was very much like a twenty thirteen and beyond. Okay, so the new game should definitely be on Yeah, it's definitely a UE four game. Good. Good. That's good. Why? Because <laughs> uh, it should be the gameplay should be a lot less janky on <laughs> the newer Unreal. <laughs> I don't feel like engine. I trust that assumption at all. I mean, I definitely would. Fun. I've played all kinds of janky garbage on on UE3, so... My <laughs> argument is that that's not the engine's fault. Not necessarily, but... Uh, it doesn't help? doesn't help, no. It probably doesn't help, but I also don't trust Gearbox as far as I can throw them, so... But we'll move on. Or I'll say more mean things and make wheels set. Um, <laughs> okay, so should we actually get to a question? Sure. That sounds fun. Okay. Budai, question number one out of, or let's say, 12. Um, in what ways does reviewing an RPG differ from a non-RPG? Hmm. I'd say, first and foremost, with an RPG, it actually is kind of imperative that you get as close to the end as possible before you review it. Just because things can change up really quickly at the end. can also kind of make or break the experience. And so typically, um, you know, not always, but typically have more of a narrative focus. So a failed narrative landing sticking will cause problems. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, like a non-RPG, what you see is what you get from the very beginning quite often. Mm -hmm. so. Although that's become less reliable since RPG elements have infected so many games, but Yeah. I mean it obviously depends on the genre as well, but mm -hmm. and also RPGs are more likely to throw curveballs at you. Mm -hmm. Like the final level of Pal Shinkandensetsu, which I'm still going Rrr. that thing <laughs> that final section by itself dropped the entire game a full point. Wow. Because it's just the main character, none of the none of the support characters, oh. for a, about a four hour section of game that includes like six or seven bosses, oh. including multiple multiple bosses in one fight. Only time this happens, um, 
weak point shifting boss, only time this happens, and a final boss that um, the only video I could find of this on Nico Nico was like 50 minutes long using a hero that was 30 levels higher than the guy I had when I got to the final boss. So what you're saying is functionally impossible for you to finish. <laughs> it just takes freaking forever. Oh, and let's not forget the fact um, you can only level up magic by uh, equipping certain scrolls to different characters. Mm-hmm. And the only places where you could actually change the scrolls around were at certain shrines, of which there was only one early on in the final section of the game. And if you had forgotten to take the scrolls off of the other characters before you went into this thing, then you couldn't switch it at all anyway. I love that, like, situation where, like, someone leaves the party temporarily or even permanently and just takes whatever they had with them. Yeah. Thing is, I mean, there was no hint that you would be going solo for the last, almost last fifth of the game. Like, that's such an unenjoyable thing to do in an RPG, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yep. I mean, it wasn't really a winning game before then, but it was definitely a losing game after that. It certainly did itself no favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess the the other thing I'm I'm trying to think of like other things that would be of particular difference. I mean, like. Mm-hmm. Variety, I guess, is something that would be more prized in another genre since RPGs are a more continuous experience. Like, you you can kind of get away with a certain amount of rep- repetition. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, when you're dealing with other genres that typically are shorter that also, like, burn through content faster, like, if, like, all these levels look the same is a much bigger problem. <laughs> So you sort of weight what you're criticizing for different aspects depending on what the genre is actually strong at. Yeah. So anything with a stronger plot element is going to take a lot longer to play to review. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure that anyone anyone among us would consider our forte reviewing anything other than RPGs or even consider RPG reviewing their forte in my case. But, uh, yeah. Those would be the surface reads. Yeah. Oh boy, something I can ramble about and Wheels won't be able to respond to. How important was go from, for it, go for from it. software developing here in a, uh, Dark Souls 3? You've still never gotten significantly far into that game. No. Um, but... You also just haven't played Sekiro, so... That's true. I'll keep this short. Um, uh, Sekiro exists in some ways as them showing that they can take concepts contextualized by Dark Souls' design style and move them into other... uh, Arenas? Say what? Arenas. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, like they can... take a lot of design vocabulary from Dark Souls and make something that is very clearly related, but is not related in a spiritual sense, but is not actually, does not actually play precisely like it. 
And it's, it's also interesting to see them move it partially into other genres. Like there is a significant stealth aspect of Sekiro that does not exist in Dark Souls. Mm. But uh, also shows that they can be as brutally unchained difficulty-wise in uh, regardless of the ratio of RPG elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a game that I feel like had to exist as a way to show that they could make things that were clearly Dark Souls adjacent, but did not have to look like a direct spiritual answer to Dark Souls. So it could it really only have flexibility. Yeah, it, it shows they have flexibility, but it could really only mm-hmm. exist as a specific like proving that they aren't a one-trick pony. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's not meant. But yeah, yeah, I figured. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to go too far into this because two of the people here have not played it, and at least one probably isn't that interested. So, uh, <laughs> so, but it's it's good if you like action games that are hard, but that also have some lighter RPG elements. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's gonna be some there's there's gonna be a broader question. Uh, the, the next question's a little broader, so I can we can maybe talk about that a little more. Uh, what do you think about the lack of maps in From Software's recent titles? And I'm gonna expand recent to within the last ten years. Uh, how does this change the player's experience? Um, ironically, Sekiro does have a map. It's just useless. Uh, <laughs> Like, it's, it's a decorative yeah, map that, that gives you an idea of how the world fits together. And like, no handy arrows pointing to you to where you should go. Yeah, well, the environment design, like, that's the thing, is that, like, the environment design is typically linear enough that that's not really a thing you need to worry about. Sekiro, again, ironically, could, w- will have paths that people just sort of miss because it's a much, it's got environments that are much more open in certain areas. But prior to this, like, Maps wouldn't really be that useful because you don't have like giant open areas that can connect to a number of places most of the time. You'll have like maybe Dark Souls 1 you could use a map in, but even then you might have difficulty parsing what the map is trying to tell you because the way that it interconnects is very (sighs) not messy, but very like intricate, I guess. So, like. Trying to map out areas in those other games would just be kind of pointless because, like, you look at Dark Souls 2 and its map is basically here is a place, it branches off in four directions. All of those directions are a line that reaches an endpoint and then they go back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I did like, I don't, I think that less the lack of a map changes the player's experience and more the fact that they were designed to not need one changes the player's experience. Mm hmm. Okay. Maps as a whole just sort of seem to have fallen out of favor. <laughs> Maybe just because they've been overdoing the the hand holding and pointing out where everything is. I mean, a, like a proper world map does is basically just a bunch of markers that tell you where everything is, which is the thing that's weirder. No, I'm thinking oh, about I mean, this I in the like of more the world active map. map. Like yeah, uh, fair. Yeah. Like they they 
they got more necessary after a while. For those those sorts of ap- active mini maps got sort of necessary after a while because environments got really dense. But they kind of eliminate a lot of navigation challenges. So a game, uh, games like on both ends of that spectrum, like Dark Souls Two doesn't need a map, so it doesn't have one. Sekiro has environmental challenges that are designed to make you think about areas of the map that you wouldn't normally contemplate, so having a map would defeat their purpose. Yeah. You got any opinions, Wheels? You've been quite quiet. It's true. Um, I I think as kind of level designing games has gotten a lot more detailed... And like well thought out, it, it's also made maps uh, a little bit less needed because you look at some older games and um, it's easy to get lost because everything looks the same. So yeah, the ability to have a lot more like art assets that can act as uh, as landmarks helps that a lot as well. Yeah, it's mainly, a lot of. I'm thinking of something like say. Just compare different games in the series. Um, Elder Scrolls Three, Morrowind, um, huge mm-hmm. area. Definitely need the map because there's a lot of areas that uh, look very similar. <laughs> or compare that to say Skyrim, where maybe you don't necessarily need the map as much because uh, there's a lot more unique landmarks and. You can kind of get your bearings a lot easier than looking at a bunch of weird gray hills and giant mushrooms. So. How do you feel about brown mushrooms, Wheels? <laughs> uh, they're they're very boring. <laughs> I thought you were a Morrowind fan. Usually I do. They, I like, they defend those. I, I like <laughs> the game a lot. It's but it's not the prettiest game. <laughs> I was oh man, I need to bring this up just because it's really funny to me. I was looking at like someone tweeting about having. Uh, about playing Morrowind for the first time and being impressed that uh, being impressed by Oblivion in retrospect because they had made a game that was, had UI that responded reasonably to the player instead of this game where you could fail to eat bread. <laughs> I didn't even realize that, but apparently you can eat now chemical ingredient and fail to use it properly. I guess you just don't get anything from it. <laughs> So <laughs> that was amusing to me. I think that game is still technically free. No way, that was through last the end of last week. I yeah, think. Yeah, through no. Sunday. Don't worry, it's still very cheap everywhere. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to actually have to try one of those games. Maybe I've got a lot of other stuff to play. Yeah, and they can be giant time sinks. Yeah, they're, they're they're very much a sort of game where I just like play until I've had my fill and then I leave. I don't care about where I stopped. It's it's done because it's over. <laughs> yeah, uh, prob probably safe to just play whatever one's latest when you get around to it. <laughs> Let's see. Uh... Okay, moving along. Uh, 
Let's talk about RPGs and saving the world. Any thoughts on this trope? What about some RPGs where you aren't technically saving the world? You know, it took uh, me a while to actually think of any examples where they didn't really save the world. My yeah, first thought cases, is Yakuza, of all things. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually a good one. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm even trying to cut it down from ones where you just technically only save the kingdom. Yeah, like there's very few RPGs where the story is allowed to be to remain essentially at personal stakes. Um, let's see. Um, Mark of the Mermaid, PSX, tactical Lovecraftian RPG, where the entire point of the story was to get off the island. Yeah, that's that, that game sounds weird enough because it just keeps showing up in these discussions of games that push it away from convention. Yeah, it was just a weird game. Um, but yeah, um, it's like you're trying to escape and you're trying to find a cure for the curse that is slowly turning your girlfriend into a thing from below the depths of the ocean. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, I mean... Dang it, Final Fantasy Tactics would probably count as Save the World, too, just because you're trying to prevent the Antichrist from reawakening. Yeah, uh, like, a lot of it becomes, like, intra-kingdom politics, but at the same time, like, eventually it becomes that nonsense with the, like, mm-hmm. evil space church, so. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's the thing with Japanese RPG conventions. No matter where it's going, eventually it's probably going to turn into Save the World somehow. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just like escalation at some point. Yeah. It's like, well, we got to keep them interested, and the easiest way is to escalate the conflict. Yep. Keep escalating. Though, um, I mean, technically Final Fantasy X wasn't so much about saving the world as it was preventing the world from getting destroyed over and over again. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, um, it's saving the world after a fashion, but not traditionally. <laughs> yeah. Especially since you're kind of ending in, ending society as they know it at the same time. Sometimes you gotta destroy the world to save the world. Yeah, break the shell of the world and all. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I feel like the concept isn't really a problem, but I do feel like a lot of times it becomes a perfunctory how to raise the stakes well, get the rest of the world involved. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I was just going back to another one that was save the town. I'm like, no, let's move on. Oh, come on. What's one that or you don't have to save the town, the city, the kingdom, or the world? Um, I forget if the stakes of of World Ends With You ever rise above Neku and everyone else in the Reapers game. Yeah. Um, let's see, there was um, Hamatora, look at Smoking World, where... Um, I mean, technically, the big bad plot could have eventually extended to really threaten the entire town, but it was mainly just a threat to the handful of people directly affected by it. Hmm. And the fact that the thing that was giving them powers was probably going to kill them fairly soon if they didn't find a way of reversing it. So, that was a weird game, too. Um that's... Anything that manages to shoot these kind of becomes weird by default, just because so many games do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, most see. of the oh. Atelier games. Mo- most of them, stakes. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, depending on what point you decide to measure the end of the game, because like Totori goes from finding mom to preventing a demonic breakout. Oh, dear. No, I mean, that's a post-game thing. You don't oh, okay. have to do it to finish the game. Gotcha. Because finding mom is the main point. Um, but yeah. Um, and of course, the the three Dusk games, which are technically post-apocalyptic. Hmm. So, I mean, you're you really are working to save the world in two of those, but it's because it's more of a making sure everyone survives the end of the world. Um, what else? So, nope, that one save the kingdom. That one save the kingdom. That one is prevent the world from getting turned into jelly and eaten. Um, Brownie Brown was fun. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what? else oh no no um explore the region okay that destiny links didn't have a save the world plot hmm. but that was but that was mainly because they completely failed to capitalize on the potential for a villain <laughs> um the the group that you thought was going to be the villain group all the way up to the point where you actually get to them aren't mm-hmm. as it turns out there is no real villain group it's kind of annoying. Um, um, hmm. Okay, this is going to bug me for a while. Uh, okay, no, no. Dragon Quest, the original, to save the princess in the kingdom. Yeah. So that was okay. as much of the world that existed in that game, anyway. Yeah. Um. Oh dear! Oh, brain! Come on! Let's think of something. These just aren't that common. <laughs> Even the stuff where it's limited to a very small area, like Night of Lotus, it ends up turning into "Let's prevent a fallen angel from breaking free and raining havoc upon the world." If we fail, that would quickly become a non-localized problem. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Like I feel like the the thought process we're having here is probably the most uh, detrimental thing about these is that they're just so common. <laughs> And a uh, guest of the show, formerly, <laughs> chimed in, actually, on this question. Yeah. You're not going to look at his name, are you? <laughs> uh, hold on. I'm looking. I'm looking. Oh, Matt, I don't mind the yeah. trip at all, but would love to see a good 50 to 70 adventure. I assume he means 50 to 70 hour adventure where the goal is yeah. something ridiculously simple. Classic turn-based party building job classes and all with the final goal of defeating the evil DMV so that my entire party 15 year olds can finally drive a car instead of taking horse and buggy everywhere. Gotta have space for extra party members. I mean, I'd play it. I'd be concerned about the 15 year olds driving everywhere, but I mean, yeah. I'm already concerned about that, so...
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the thing is that this this concept uh, overwrites a lot of more personal stakes that you, or more like di- directly relevant stakes that can exist in a game's plot. So, mm-hmm. so and yeah. Care. It reminds me of uh, something that inspires a lot of video games, though not necessarily RPGs, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which went from a plot that directly affected the entire world in part three to a plot of a bunch of high schoolers trying to beat up a serial killer that win, lose, or draw, the most he was going to do was probably kill about three more people before he died. (laughs) Which, I mean, makes him a monstrous person, but also means that even in a situation where they had all failed, he I mean, three people was probably a low estimate, but again, the point is, even a failure here would have been more personally damaging rather than something that would destroy the world. Well, I guess in that case, Persona 4 would fit the bill. Similar, though Persona 4 right at the end does introduce the idea that the world is going to be destroyed. (laughs) Of course. Conveniently. Yeah, Persona 4 definitely takes a lot of inspiration from JoJo Part 4. Mm-hmm. I mean, Persona as a whole definitely takes some, because Persona's definitely are stand similar, but mm-hmm. Persona 4 in particular is very JoJo Part 4. But yeah, look, that, that's a thing that happens in Persona 4 and 5, I guess, is that both of them, if they had chosen to do both, could have done something that was at least slightly less like fate of the world is in your hands, but they ultimately do go for that right at the end, which is... Yeah. Altogether, slightly less interesting. Mm, okay, how about most of the Pokemon franchise? Depending True, the, there are later on ones. Yeah, there yeah. are later ones where they where the eh, evil teams get real ambitious. But I mean, when you go back to the first one, it's just like you're just beating up the mob. Yeah, pretty. <laughs> second much. one too. Yeah. yeah, second one too. You're beating up what remains of the mob. Good. Mm. Yeah, like, I, I appreciate uh, that. I think after about Gen 3, they really go nuts with, like, the... We're going to get these Pokemon, and we're going to completely destroy... Every, we're going to either make way more land or way more water. Is that the plot of 3? That's what Gen 3 of Pokemon is about. Like, the yeah. whichever version you got, that team is trying to use the cover legendary to completely reshape how the Hoenn... Uh, like region is going to look mm-hmm. spoilers it doesn't work um yeah. let's see what's gen 4 gen 4 is about a guy wanting to literally rewrite the universe with god pokemon uh gen 5 is basically like a criminal syndicate on steroids uh well it gen... also makes fun of pita <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah 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 uh, let's see, Gen 6 is, like, uh, well, what's going to happen there is basically a magical Pokemon nuke. I don't know about Gen 7, because I have not finished Pokemon <laughs> Ultra Moon yet. Did you this finish your time or- to sign. Did you finish the original one? No, no, I did not. <laughs> it's not really world-ending or anything, just dealing with weird... Pokemon that come from another dimension. I feel like the trick there is that also it's not Team Skull that's pushing that along, I don't think. Right, no, it is not. 
They're just a bunch of jokers. Yeah, they're just a bunch of bumbling idiots. Which is, which is good. It's they, good to occasionally have that. Uh, uh, I get such a kick out of Team Skull because I don't know if this was the intention, but they seem to mm-hmm. talk like what an older person thinks younger kids talk like. <laughs> that was that's almost all forty year olds pretending to be fourteen. Uh, well, I don't. That's mean, almost certainly intentional. Yeah, I don't mean that they're actually older people pretending to be kids. Yeah, I yeah. just mean that. Yeah, the way they talk is. Like the way always the oh the way you always see like older people making impressions mm-hmm. of younger kids yeah just mm-hmm. it's hilarious. But yeah, team team skull was kind of a fun misdirect because before there was all like no matter what like the evil team was always adjacent to whatever the main plot driver was, and this time mm, nah nah, just a bunch of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Pokemon kind of dialing back after going real nuts with it around Gen 4. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I guess we can move forward. I'll try to keep this short since it's another Sekiro-related question. Mm-hmm. Uh, when would you say a game is too hard? Never, since it's subjective to the person. Uh, Sekiro is pretty close to being that for me, despite me still making progress. Instead of feeling really skilled when I beat a boss, I feel more like the old saying of a monkey with a typewriter will eventually write a novel. Throw myself over and over at the monster and eventually win, but to what satisfaction? Has this ever happened to you? Usually I just give up before that happens. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, there has to be some sense of progress made. For me, it's like, there's, there's not a sharp line in the sand or anything, but there is like... It's basically how far at what point do I decide that I am that the challenge itself isn't that interesting and thus that the fact that I'm failing it is not worth my like drives me away to the point where it's like, well, whatever's after this isn't worth the time to get to it. Mm. Uh, I think I have an example of something that's too hard for sure. Mm-hmm. And this was actually the end boss in. Uh, one of the Sheer and the Wanderer games. Mm. Uh, and it was mostly because it, whether or not you beat it had nothing to do with skill and mostly based on uh, how lucky we were on what attacks he randomly used because one of the attacks summons more enemies for you to fight. So mm. depending on how often he used that is pretty much what determines whether or not you're going to win the fight. <laughs> Yeah, like that'll that'll happen a lot with anything that is an RPG, just because like random, like it's not as it's still a problem in uh, action games because like boss patterns being what they are, but it's more of a problem in an RPG because you don't have a way of you don't have as many direct ways of mitigating what a boss can do to you right. or what a difficulty choke point can do to you. I guess another example of something I actually did persevere through because I was so far in at that point anyways. I've complained about it before. Final boss Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse is too hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most, most of the Mega Ten bosses are too hard in one way or another. Yeah. Uh, I feel like... I feel like 4's wasn't too unreasonable, but 4 Apocalypse, if you're getting the actual for real final boss, is just obnoxious. <laughs> Did you, ever re- did you ever play Devil Summoner Rido 2? 
I did not finish it. I need to go back to the Rido games. Oh, that's one where the final boss has regeneration to the point where you can you hit it hard and you can just see the bar going back up almost immediately. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> the secret here is, um, well, the boss looks like a well, it's it looks like a, a weird floating sphere with a mask made of like clay human bodies over it. Lovely. And you you actually have to hit the. Um, I mean, in that, in that game, it's all about hitting the weak point element and trying mm. to do massive damage. Well, if you do enough damage to it in one go, or one series of combo hits with the yeah. right element, I think it was fire, then you can do enough damage that it will hit a point where part of the mask will fall off and its uh, maximum hit points are set to a lower amount. Ah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, not intuitive. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember who was trying to review it after I played it. It may have been Adrian, who I think he just gave up at one point because he didn't manage to hit it hard enough the first time, and he just couldn't find a way of killing it. So, yeah, like that—that'll turn. Like the, those are kind of the thing where, like, you get a gimmick boss that doesn't mm-hmm. give good enough feedback about what you're what needs to be done. Like that'll be a big problem as well. It's just like yeah. if the game's yeah. not. T- Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, on the one I was talking about, the what has to be done is pretty obvious. Is just hit it hard enough, but you don't really realize that how hard you have to hit it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those situations where, like, if you hit it what you thought was correctly, and you and its health was going back up as fast as you expected, you might still run into a situation where you don't realize that if you had just kept pressing forward, you might have gotten something. But, yeah. Uh, well, that really does a lot of it ends up being player feedback and how much the player feels like they have a say in the outcome. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a, a game is a game could be a lot more likely for me to succeed in, but if I don't feel like I'm making meaningful headway in it, then I'm just gonna stop playing. <laughs> so. I mean, like, I, I haven't hit that point with Sekiro, but, like, that's also because some games you play because they're hard, because the being hard can be entertaining, but certainly, uh, like, if you don't find the overcoming difficulty aspect interesting, then that threshold is going to be a lot lower. Oftentimes, difficulty yeah. can kind of be its own puzzle, like, how do I get through this challenge? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just you know, bashing your head against something until it works, but how? what strategies can I use to try and beat this, and what skills do I need to get better at to overcome this? It can be very, yeah. very interesting, depending on the there's game a very, and everything. There's a very specific Sekiro boss that I would mention, but it's spoilers for pretty deep into the game, so I'll be a little light on it since Wheels might play the game eventually. Uh, but... The there is a boss that I ran into where it's second phase. Like if you're right up in its face after certain attacks, it's basically uh, it will do an attack that will kill you regardless of what your health is at at the moment. And what I like it, it was a hard fight, 
but it was also interesting because you do get a better appreciation for the the enemy's animations are distinctive enough that you will always be able to tell what that attack is, when that attack is coming with enough time to get out of the way to not get hit by it. But it's it's also a benefit because if you realize too late, it's not it will still do a lot of damage, but if you realize too late, you can leave the attack's radius while it's in mid while the attack is still ongoing and mitigate the amount of damage you're going to take. Mm-hmm. But like that, that fight was weird because it was an incredibly hard fight that I could only beat when I got good enough at dodging that I wouldn't ever be hit at any point before I reached that. It was like, there was no way for me to beat it. It was either I was going to get destroyed or I was going to, it was going to be a long fight where I never took a hit. Jeez. Like, there are ways to fight it faster, but I was taking very safe dodges rather than getting in its face, which is also something you usually do in that game. <laughs> but, yeah, so... I don't know. That, that stuck out to me as, like, something about uh, how a game can present difficulty where it's like, that feels obnoxious the first time that you get hit by it and you kind of hate it, but at the same time, uh, when you do actually develop that read, it is kind of satisfying. It's like, oh, I'll never be hit by this again. Like, this will never happen again. So, yeah. Uh, difficulty, how much is too difficult is going to be moderated a lot by how much am I able to actually make a difference here. Okay. Uh, you want to keep going? Mm, let, let's see what the next one is. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. How do you feel about visual novels? Do you have any that you enjoyed or some you didn't? Well, I know we know one that we all didn't enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me. That's. I need to go get some coffee now. That's gonna put me to sleep. <laughs> Talking about Tiara 2 will kill wheels. Visual novels are one of those things I would like to appreciate sometime, but I've never really gotten into them. And most of the role playing games I have encountered that make use of that format usually do it at the expense of several other storytelling techniques Hmm. that I prefer. Um, So, aside from some of the Atelier games, no, not really. Yeah. Um, uh, like I would, I would argue that Persona's way of dumping plot onto the player is generally very visual novel adjacent, though it's gotten more complex as they've gotten more budget and hardware power. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess, like, this is something I often see get like this isn't an RPG, but it's something I see get lumped in with visual novels a lot in the West. And I'm not sure whether it would be considered one in Japan because it also fits more in the mold of the old style Japanese adventure game. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I've a known Ace Attorney fan. I mean, I, I certainly don't hate the idea of a game that's almost nothing but talk with basically no Twitch elements, but I mean, you put a lot, you put a lot, a lot on the writer's ability to, make that talk interesting. (laughs) And then you have to trust in the localizers to make the interesting talk actually interesting in another language, which can be a real, real iffy thing. Yeah. Which is probably the reason why I haven't enjoyed a lot of these 
um, in English. Fair, uh, fair. Yeah. It's like you're you're at two layers of where the writing can fail when you start translating. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, I certainly don't hate them, but I mean, I struggle to name other games that make particularly good use of the format. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also like the the form kind of crosses over with RPGs, but I mean, inevitably, RPGs have a lot of things that they they just sort of take the format of here's a bunch of text boxes with like character portraits which is almost as much just part and parcel of how RPGs operated for so long that it doesn't even really feel like a visual novel touch. So, like, it can get dicey deciding where that would cross over with RPGs. So I wouldn't... Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, oh, sweet, some old-school console wars. <laughs> How did the Genesis manage to hang with the SNES? Because uh, it did what <laughs> Nintendo didn't. Yeah. Let's all just talk about the Mega Drive Mini. <laughs> uh, yes. It's Castlevania Bloodlines for you. Yeah. Basically, uh, most any given generation Sega's platform technically outshone Nintendo's in most specs and ability range and graphics and all sorts of things, except for battery life in the case mm. of the handhelds, which is half or, the reason why the Game Boy succeeded, even though it is like two steps behind everything else at the time it was released. I can attest to how bad that battery life was. <laughs> As yeah. can I. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I managed to play Pokemon Blue start to finish on the same set of batteries in the Game Boy, which is insane. Yeah, it's it was a machine much more designed for actual handheld play, which was something that none of its competitors were really very good at. Because again, uh, if you look at the if you look at the basis of all these companies, Nintendo was a toy company first. Yeah. Yeah. So the other play, uh, yeah, playability, accessibility, everything—that's the important stuff. Yeah. The other thing with the Genesis is that like Sega got in early, and they managed to like they hit Nintendo at a point where they were weak, which was a point where you know people were third parties were kind of sick of dealing with NES. Uh, Quality control? Aspects of licensing. <laughs> like, certainly quality control was... Uh, like, the, the irony is that if you look at uh, how Sega reacts to having uh, any degree of third-party success is to do exactly what Nintendo did when they had third-party success to the point where today I was looking up the point where they sued third parties over... Uh, third parties over unlicensed video games. Mm. But... Uh, of course, I mean that's still that was still a major concern considering how the pre the uh, um, gaming generation prior to the Nintendo ended. Mm-hmm. So oh, certainly, but it was yeah. one of those situations where it was like the second like never never trust a company that's at the top of its game to not start uh, acting in a very specific, easy to predict manner. Uh, yeah, well, that's capitalism, dude. 
Yeah, that's capitalism. But the the other thing about it is just that I mean, you uh, like the Genesis is a perfectly capable machine for its time. I mean, it was originally released in 1988. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it's the Motorola 68000 processor was a very popular uh, processor, which meant that a lot of companies could make relatively easy ports. That's why you see all those European Amiga ports to the Genesis, just like, oh, they're not that dissimilar. Uh, I mean... Sega just sinks itself by not having enough confidence in its product in that generation. Like, terrified of yeah. what uh, other companies are doing. It's time to make the 32X. It's time to make the Sega CD. Now, here's five more hardware variants. Its own worst enemy. Pretty much. And that's true of Sega for most of its life. I mean, yeah. But, uh, I mean, how did they manage? I mean, they. They came out early, and Sonic defined the 90s. Mm-hmm. Also, sports games. Very, very big into sports games in the early 90s, although that almost didn't happen either. That's a that's a hilarious story if you ever look up how EA turned into a Sega Genesis dev, dev where they basically, said, they basically came to Sega and said, we have reversed and reverse engineered your system. And if you do not, if you do not give us favorable licensing terms, we will pay you nothing at all. <laughs> and so that's why there's a bunch of Maddens on the Genesis early on. Yeah, uh, there's several books on how this happened, so I recommend looking those up. They're actually quite interesting. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I think we've talked about confusing RPG stories recently, so we'll skip that one. Uh, if they made an RPG out of the last movie you watched, what would the game be like? Oh, dear. It's the last movie I watched. Actually watched. Huh. See, the last movie I watched start to end to end was the the live-action adaptation of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable. Don't ask why that happened. Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, dear. Very strange film. It's another Takashi Miike flick somehow. But, uh, shockingly faithful. Don't... It's it's weird to look at that film, because it's, like, slavishly visually faithful to the manga it's based off of. Which could be interesting. Listen, I'm just gonna say, Josuke Higashikata's uh, his his hair was not meant to be to exist in real life. Honestly, neither was Jotaro's. No, no one in that show's hair was meant to exist in real life. That manga's hair, not, none of that was supposed to happen, and yet they did it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That that, that would just be Persona. That would ju- that game would that RPG would just be Persona. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Except you wouldn't be able to change personas, so you you just have to live with what your skill set was. <laughs> uh, I'm suspecting that Wheels may have just most recently just rewatched into the Spider Verse at some stage. <laughs> uh, recently, yes, but yeah, let's see. Yesterday, I was watching Aristic Aristocats with the kids, so there you go. <laughs> A That's rhythm, gonna be a very different RPG. A rhythm RPG with singing cats. There you go. 
I'd I'd buy it. I would buy that. <laughs> Could be good. That's many of my favorite genres. Uh, man, I forgot that film existed. What the hell? Uh, Kajin, you watched any movies in the past? Ever? In, in, in the past, movies. ever. <laughs> um, complete? Um, mm, Toy Story. Ooh. I guess that would work. I remember that from Kingdom Hearts. Wait, probably wouldn't look like that. <laughs> no, no, let's make it like Buzz Lightyear going up against Emperor Zerg. That seems reasonable. You can make that work. I'm sure there's other Buzz Lightyear toys he could team up with. Just imagining this from I'm just imagining like pixel art renditions of Toy Story characters from like <laughs> RPG style angles. Hmm. That'd be fun. Uh, the other movie I watched recently was the Yokai Watch movie, but that's kind of cheating. Yeah, I think that already happened, Wheel. Yes, it's already a game. <laughs> but was it a good movie? Yes. I was going to bet no, so I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you so. finished your Kai Watch 3 yet, Wheels? No. I'm moving slowly through it. It's fine by me. Oh, one steady. So. Uh. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Um, the. the Animated movie for The Little Prince. Hmm. I don't know how you'd adapt that, but I'd love to see someone try. <laughs> I wasn't sure how they would have adapted the book to the movie in the first place, but they did a pretty good job. It's not a long book. <laughs> no, but it, and the book itself is only like the first third of the movie. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, it's much as much a reaction to the book as anything else. I mean, that's probably the only way you could actually stretch it out to feature length anyway. Yeah. I heard that one was pretty decent. Uh, I think we've done best story in non-RPG not that long ago Hold either, up. so... I have some Discord questions from Kataka when we jump off. Well, let's... Didn't do those. Yeah, let's do those. Quick. Question one. Okay. To keep the April's full... The April's... April Fool's theme going. What is the funniest RPG you ever played? It can be either intentional, like Mario and Luigi, Paper Mario, Earthbound, or unintentional, like Spoonie Bard, Tecmo, Secret of the Star, or other reasons. Hmm. Oh. Not a lot of RPGs really RPG. go for humor. Like, they'll have comic relief scenes, but it's never the predominating mood outside of, like, Mario. Yeah. Chuckle Vader. Hmm. The game that was a spin-off of a collectible card and chocolate combo thing from from Namco. I remember you mentioning this. Yeah, the, 
the one where things start getting weird when a crop circle appears in the school playground. <laughs> Good start. The one where aliens are are abducting people off of a high-speed um, train going across America. That's fine. Yes. Uh, the one that ha- includes an index of literally every major um, alien and UFO sighting of the 20th century. <laughs> and they all appear in the game. Well, okay then. <laughs> That does remind me, I was going to ask you about another one that might have had a predominantly funny mood to it, which is the uh, Tales of Frog game. Was that uh, funny? <laughs> oh, that was insanely hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's Sergeant Frog. So imagine um, visiting the ninja town and examining the well, and then everything goes black, and the narrator says, Oh, it was so sad, but they all died. And then Sergeant Frog going, What the hell are you talking about? It's just dark down here. Somebody get a light. <sighs> Maybe yeah, someday. You can normally see the protagonist time. getting into really long arguments with the narrator. <laughs> yeah, I can only think of one other game that I ever saw do that, which was the 2004 PS2 and Xbox Bard's Tale game. Which was reasonably fun, just because it involved a lot of someone yelling at, uh, at a lot of Tony J narrating and a lot of Carrie Elwes nar- yelling at Tony J about his narration. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this, this for Sergeant Frog, during in the medieval fantasy section of the map, um, if you're talking, to, if you talk to the guy at the inn or the the innkeeper and he's complaining about all the riffraff coming through and he then he specifically names off the six main job classes of Dragon Quest. <sighs> Things like that, yeah. Should have expected that kind of referentialism. Yes. I'm yeah. It's just a very, very silly game that knows it's supposed to be a silly game and then just goes for it. Yeah. It's a good use of the license. Yeah. Okay. And better than two out of three of the DS Tales games. Not to damn it with faint praise, though. It's actually very good. <laughs> okay, it's quite possibly the best of the four Tales games on the DS. Okay, now you're talking, because Hearts is real good, so... Yeah. Uh, let's And while yeah. Innocence is merely mediocre and Tempest is broken and failed in so many ways, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Tempest must forever live with the shame of being a game bad enough that they developed a new way to designate entries in the series so that they could say that it wasn't a real Tales game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. Can't really think much of, of much else. Like again, the only thing I can think of is that O four Bard's Tale game, which mm, a fair bit of the jokes landed. It's mostly just fun for the solid voice acting, but I mean it's a fine enough Diablo style game. What about Yokai Watch? I have not played enough of it to say. <laughs> Yokai Watch just lives on bad puns. Yes. It really shouldn't surprise anyone. True gold I mean, of comedy. I mean it's the kind of series that will take a standard Japanese monster, change one letter of its name, and then come up with a completely bonkers 
character profile and reasoning for how it acts based entirely on that misspelling. <laughs> That's Japanese puns for you. I, I mean, I remember, um, yeah, what was it? The Itan Momen, actual classic Japanese monster that's basically a long animated strip of cloth that likes to strangle people. And um, they changed the Mo to Go, turned it into the Itan Gomen, which Gomen is the Japanese word for I'm sorry, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And they created a monster that looked exactly the same but was constantly apologizing for everything. Seems much more pleasant, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, that's to my understanding. That's typically how Japanese puns tend to work. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's see, but yeah, it's it's a rare predominating mood for most RPGs. But I guess mm-hmm. outside of like the Mario RPGs, those are the things I would think of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we could probably talk about the superhero one for a while, so we can maybe save that for next week. Mm-hmm. I got more questions from Discord. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, go for it. Uh, what is your favorite gaming-related April Fool's joke, either from a website like uh, Google Mario Map, or is this a joke article like those published each year on RP Gamer? So are we going to discount the ones that we've done ourselves? Uh, no, go for it. Well, let's see. There was the time I wrote an article about why Bravely Default was actually awful and different games we should have gotten instead. So a parody of the clickbait, the game you like sucks article. Uh, with a list Except of I stuff. believe it. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, that's the thing. Um, somewhere yeah. between concept and writing and finishing... It went from this is supposed to be tongue in cheek to people commenting saying, "Okay, this is April first, but this is he actually makes some really good points." <laughs> I mean, this is in spite of the fact that one of that of one of the games that should have come instead, I, I tried to list different reasons for each one, and for the one that was um, oh, the one with the transforming race cars, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember you mentioned. I, I I just repeated it has. Giant it has race cars that transform into giant robots five times in a row. Listen, that's good enough. That's enough. Yes. So, and of the five games I mentioned that we should have gotten instead, we you did finally get Dragon Quest Seven. It's true, we did eventually get that, so that didn't have to be an instead. Yeah, but you didn't get the Maple Stories. You didn't get Metal Max Four. You didn't get the race car game. Yeah. We got Zeno. Such as it is. We got Zeno and we didn't get four. This is the life we live. This is the world we were given. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, let's see, there was the time I did made up a fake sequel to uh, Trusty Bell, Eternal Sonata. Oh, I remember based that on the Based on the drunken stupor of PDQ Bach. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. I would play that game. I would pay good money for that game. Yeah. And um, going with other good fake reviews we've had over the years, there was a time where somebody, I can't remember who it was, but they did a Legend of Zelda Stratocaster sword <laughs> game, where it was basically imagining um, like a Link uh, um, or Ocarina of Time style game based around the Guitar Hero controller. I play it. And, and the 
all the supposed screenshots were heavily photoshopped combinations of whichever Zelda game was current at the time and GTA. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, Ganon was a pimp in that one. Uh, it was that's, that's reasonable. That's logical. Quite reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, there were some good ones in there. Um, there was the time that Nix and Ocelot revived the fan fiction column for exactly one day um, with this really atrocious Final Fantasy XII fan fiction. <laughs> Um, see, there was the time where, or, okay, di three different Japandemonium columns, uh, one where literally everything was made up. Um, but I, but I, man I, I did it with such a straight face that the, uh, podcast for that week was discussing one of the games I had covered, supposedly. <laughs> um, then there was the one after that, the next year where, um, I, I said straight up in the um, in the introduction, like one thing, one statement, or one thing I talk about in this column is fake. The rest is true. Mm. Fake statement being that one item in this column was fake because everything in that column was true, <laughs> including the RP, including the um, RPG Maker game that I found at a dollar store that I covered. And and the erotic adventure RPG and a couple others. Um, uh, this is column. And then the year after that, I just did the entire column. In French. Not necessarily good French, but I did it in French. I mean, it was still, you know, yeah, a good April Fool's, a good gag. Yeah. So, but yeah, but okay, different one. Um, there was one year where somebody. Somebody managed to create a fake site for a Final Fantasy VI sequel. Oh God! People must have gotten nothing about that. <laughs> it was very well done. Introduced, introduced a few new characters, including one with a new sub attack type, um, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then people were furious the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's always the, the nightmare of April Fool's. You see something that you want to be real. Mm -hmm. but... Okay. Um, then, oh. Oh, there was one that was involving Legend of Mana and being able to actually recruit a specific character who should not have been re recruitable after a certain point or outside of a certain storyline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the person who did it was... Um, like very well considered in the GameFAQs community for that particular game. <laughs> so yeah, you managed to fool a lot of people on that one. Just trading on your established reputation is always fun. Yep. I'm not uh, super plugged into RPG-related April Fool's jokes. I just remember like whatever ran in old issues of EGM. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a more, like, industry-influential April Fool's joke than frickin' Shenlong in Street Fighter 2, because that actually just caused Capcom to make Akuma. Uh, mm -hmm. 
So April yeah, Fools was, April Fools is cruel. Yeah, I, I need to check out Dengeki to see if they've got any more good ones up. They they tried to do a roundup of the interesting ones. Yeah, I saw some of the I saw some of the ones like, that filtered. To, there was like one that was the Yakuza team joking about making Yakuza Seven a turn based RPG. Yeah, there's that one. Um, there's an online game called Onigiri, uh, Demon Cutting, where they just replace the heads of all the character models with horses. <laughs> That's normal. That's yeah. fine. Just really random stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, I need to get going in a bit. Okay, so let's uh, hit this last question and wrap it up. Sure. Uh, you want to read it? Or? <laughs> mm. um, did you do the third question while I stepped away? We did away? not. Okay. We did not. We were discussing April Fool's. Uh, what is your favorite comic relief RPG party member? Comic relief RPG party member. Hmm. The penguin from the Alliance Alive. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just the random stuff that he does in the background during scenes after you get him. Because, I mean, he's completely optional, so he has no real speaking role in any major scenes. But if he's there, you will see him in the background doing stuff and possibly getting running around and stealing stuff. <laughs> he'll he'll make himself busy. <laughs> yes. And the fact that he is a like flipper foo combat penguin in a conquistador helmet <laughs> who attacks with um with sliding headbutts and the fl- the penguin version of the dream super combo <laughs> and does a happy penguin dance to increase people's stats. I'm I'm fine with that. I would like the happy penguin dance. <laughs> Yes, yes. Purchase the Alliance Alive HD coming to a PS4 and Switch near you. Yes. Or buy it for both. Yeah. Wheels, are you are you crazy? What? Just buying multiple copies of the same game. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. I suppose I can't stop you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have no other entries for this. There's a strawberry eggs question that would be interesting, but might take more of our time than the uh, Gaijin has. So we'll have to shunt that one to next yeah. week as well. Yeah, and ho- hopefully I can still make next week. I've got a, the school year starting up soon, and mm. um, I'm pretty sure I don't have any classes next Tuesday. Fair enough. However, after next Tuesday, I really cannot guarantee anything. Yeah. We will have yes. to venture through the barren wastes. Yes. So uh, um, I will let you know on a whenever basis. So. Gotcha. Yeah. We'll make it work. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <sighs> but I guess that, uh, that about wraps it up. Uh, we will get the questions we missed next week, uh, yes. presuming everything goes smoothly uh and feel free to add more onto the stack yeah Mm -hmm. questions in the comment section or on discord as wheels has shown we will read them uh Mm -hmm. and i guess see you all yes and uh point just 
a note for anyone interested, I will be streaming the Borderlands 1 remaster on Wednesday. Wait, that's already out? It comes out on Wednesday, yeah. What the hell did I just do? I clicked the wrong button. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there we go. Um, Okay, well, see you. See you, Space Cowboys. Peace out, yep. folks. I no still more because Wheels is playing something with Cowboy Bebop in. Ba dum ba dum ba dum bum bum.